Welcome to the Pro Shot Podcast for the second episode of the Steelheads off-season series. Last episode, we talked a little bit about the uh, the season recap, a little bit about the prospects that we drafted in the priority selection, and today is going to be a little bit different. Um, we're actually going to talk about three things. We're going to talk about some of the tra- the prospects that were drafted in priority selection again and go more in-depth on each player. We're going to talk about line combinations and what a potential roster could look like. Uh, this is pre-training camp, so it's we don't know who's going to make the roster yet, but uh, predicted, predicted rosters. And then, of course, we are going to talk about the big thing that everyone's been wondering since the season ended and since Liam Hamm graduated from the OHL, who the captain will be. Let's go. So good afternoon. With me today, I have... Very, 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 very knowledgeable hockey people. I'm just kidding. My, my very good friend, Alex Fordell. Hello. How's it going, man? Thomas Zubris. What's up, Ty? How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. How are you? Good. And then Cameron Reeser. Always, always here. He's like the plague. He never goes away. Yep. I never go away. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know what? I've been missing hockey. I don't know about you guys, but it's... Uh... It's it felt like such a long time since the last game was on. It's oh, been a good absolutely. two months. It's 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 yeah, it's been a really, really, really long time. I really miss hockey. I, yeah. I've been just doing nothing but watching videos on YouTube, just reminiscing the good old days. Well, I mean, and it, it's been a lot of like YouTube, Netflix, and classic games on sports. And I mean, yeah, you can watch all the classic games you want. I was watching the nineteen sixty seven Stanley Cup final the other day, but it doesn't do it justice for games that should be being played right now it but really doesn't it really doesn't no. what can you do i would rather watch live sports than old sports like well of course i think any any sportsman would rather watch you know games that matter now than games that happened you know 50 years ago you know like example you know the leafs 1960 and surprisingly like, is it cool to watch absolutely i agree yeah, and surprisingly, they were even playing uh, the other day. They were playing the Mississauga Steelheads, uh, the the game that they won in the OHL finals in 2017 against the Erie Otters. So that was kind of cool. Yeah. Now, let's get into the reason why we came here today. Let's talk about the top four guys that have signed, committed to the Mississauga Steelheads. Um. In priority selection. So, Alex, why don't you start us off with Zachary Lavoie? Absolutely. So, Zachary Lavoie was taken seventh overall by the Steelheads. Uh, in my opinion, he is the best goal scorer available in the draft, the best pure goal scorer, because because this year in the draft, there, there were a load of two-way centermen, you know, who, who, who move the puck well, can skate well, have a good shot, but... Zach Lavoie was the, I'm pretty sure, I could be wrong, was the only right winger taken in the first draft. Um, and he has an absolutely incredible shot. He is easily willing to pass the puck. So he's a full team player. He's not, he's not one of those guys that, you know, calls for it, shoots it, you know, gets all the glory. He's an absolute stud when it comes to team play. Um, in the past year in the GTHL, he had 51 goals which um, I'm pretty sure led the GTHL, at least, at least in the past year from, tw- from the 2019 season to the 2020 season. 
Um, absolute great player to pick up as the Steelheads were lacking in goal scoring besides, of course, James Hardy last season. But um, he is looking to be an absolute incredible pickup for us and should have an impact on the team immediately. I agree with that. And you look at how rare goal scoring is, like true, true goal scoring, like Zach Lebois. While I was watching his highlights well, um, a couple of days before they drafted him, I saw shades of Owen Tippett in there. And it was like Darius was saying last time, last episode, um, he sort of reminds him of Owen Tippett in the way that like he lets his goal scoring do the talking rather than his playmaking. So it's rare for players like him to emerge so high in the draft. Like you, you get your guys like um, playmakers, like you get your playmakers in the first five picks and then you start getting your snipers. But for Zach Lawad to be one of the guys that were available in the draft that high, it's, it's amazing. And I'm glad the Steelheads drafted him. They, he adds that kind of offensive punch to the, to the top six. I think that he really fit in very well. And we'll get into the line combinations afterwards, but he definitely will fit into that top six. Absolutely. So now let's, uh, let's talk about Carson Christie a little bit. Cam, you want to start us off with, uh, with Carson Christie? Yes, Carson Christie. He last season played for the Oshawa Generals AAA team. I, I don't know what team it was. Yeah, it's the, but, the Oshawa um, Junior Generals. He had Oshawa Junior Generals. There you go. I was just thinking of it. But Carson Christie, when I was watching him, looks like a he looks like a pure goal scorer as well. But I wouldn't say he's better at pure goal scoring than Zachary Lavoie. But he's got an excellent shot, great skate, great skating ability, and no doubt in my mind he's going to be a beast next season. I could see him maybe getting close to maybe 25, 30 goals. I mean, that's kind of pushing it. But he, he has that potential to be good. And – I think he's going to do really good things for the Steelheads next season. Well, yeah, let's if if he makes the roster, I think he's going to be an impact player for sure. I don't see him hitting thirty goals in his in his rookie season, but a sophomore season, there's an absolute possibility. Um, given the way that he moves the puck, it's without a doubt that he is a great goal scorer. He's a great yeah. playmaker. He's proven that on both occasions. But I think that they've really got something special in Carson Christie. And that's one of the things that you really can't take for granted as a player like that who, you know, displays excellence not only moving the puck, but as well as playing defensively. He's a very complete player, so I think he's going to develop his game very nicely. He's got a little bit of a later birthday. It's in October. But uh, he could definitely make the roster on that, uh, on that top nine. So it's a very, uh, very wide open spot at this point. So I think he's definitely got a fair shot, and we'll see what happens come training camp. It's going to be very exciting for him to watch. Um, okay, let's move on to one of my personal favorites, and I think is Alex and I both agree that he was probably the biggest steal in the draft, Owen Beck. Absolutely. Um, Owen Beck is probably one of the most complete players uh, available. Um, he plays a really, really good two-way game. Um, he got 19 goals and 20 assists in with the Quint Red Devils um, last season. Uh, 5'10", 180. So I can definitely see in like actually I've been able to see in his highlight uh, videos he, that he's able to, he's able to to throw to throw the body around a bit. And um, and it's interesting how we, we were able to get him before Carson Christie, who in my opinion is the biggest steal in the draft. 
but besides Isaiah George and all those other guys. Um, Owen Beck, uh, I, Owen Beck taking, like, taken 29th overall by Mississauga was probably, a, like, a, def, a definite safer bet than going after a guy like Carson Christie, which they got um, nine picks later, almost at the, right at the end of the second, right at the end of the second round. And um, Owen Beck is definitely a more complete player. Um, he adds uh, more center depth to us as we, as we already have top centers like Cole Schwitt, Keen Washcrack, um, Aiden Pruder had a good season last year, you know, so if anything, it, it, he'll, he'll be able to give us more depth. I can, I can definitely see him sliding in to that, uh, to that uh, fourth line center specifically because um, I think we should make some moves regarding uh, William Portacalis and maybe Luca Del Belbelouz, but that's, that's for another day. That's for, that's for another uh, podcast, but Owen Beck is a definite great pick, uh, a safe pick, as in he'll be able to help us out with depth and, and can move the puck incredibly well. And one of the things that I noticed about Owen Beck is the fact that he is probably one of the best passers that I've ever seen in that, uh, in that draft class. I mean, you, you look at a lot of great passers, like there's um, there's just there are too many to name, but Dallin Wakeley – um, Donovan McCoy, one of the best puck moving defensemen available in the draft. And then you got forwards like Owen Beck who can do both. He can score and he can do, he can set up great plays. So I think it's really going to contribute to the offense this year. Um, if he does make the team and it's probably going to be, he, I, I could put him up. If I could predict this, if he does make the roster, you could potentially be seeing him as a, like a, a 20 to 30 point guy. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, now let's let's again. move on to the. Oh yeah, sorry, I didn't uh, didn't mean it. No, 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 it's all good. It's all good. Um, right. Again, let's, if we're able to give him proper playing time, of course, if he makes the team, he could. I can definitely see him getting twenty points next season. Absolutely. Now let's move on to the last. Before we get into our line combinations, I want to go over to Thomas for this one, and he is a player who I think is a very, very, very good offensive threat. I think he's really going to fit into the roster should he make it. And that is Xander Vecchia. Yes, uh, Xander Vecchia played for the Algin Middlesex Chiefs in the AHPL. Played 29 games, got 20 goals, 26 assists, so very clearly a playmaker. He's got decent size on him. He's going to grow. I think uh, he could provide a decent offensive threat as a Steelheads forward next year. He'll be a good right winger. I mean, they, they need a right-handed shot player because Cole Schwint is going to be leaving after this year considering that he's signed with the Panthers mm-hmm. but um, excuse me I think that if Vecchia does make the team out of training camp he could potentially play let's say 40-ish games I think he'll be like one of those like fringe players to start and then I think in his sophomore season he'll probably have like at least a point per game I mean, it's probably a bold statement there to make, but from his highlights, from how I've seen him play, he, he looks pretty good. He's played two games in the GOJHL, which is a junior A league for the Kamoka Kings. He got two games and he uh, got one assist, which may look a little underwhelming, but keep in mind this kid is 15 years old and he's playing against guys that are anywhere from 17 to 21, maybe even 22 years old. So he's able to keep up with them very clearly and, if he can translate that to the OHL, he could be a pretty darn good forward for the Steelheads. Absolutely, I agree. 
And now that ties in very nicely to where are these guys going to fit into the lineup? So I'm going to, we're going to go more in depth about these, uh, about these lineups and how the players will affect the lineup. Should they make the team? Um, but here is what I have so far for my personal lineup, what I see next year and feel free to jump in and agree with me or disagree all you want. Um, all four of you guys, I want to hear your takes. So the first off, I think that all three of us might have the same first line. Mm-hmm. So I'm keeping together that line of Hardy, Schwint, and Kanadi. And the reason why that is is because you've got Hardy in the pure goal scorer. You've got Schwint, who's that very kind of goal-scoring playmaker. You know, he's a very, uh, a very good two-way forward. And then, of course, you've got Nick Kanadi with the grit and uh, playmaking side to him. So it's a very good line. I think that they really worked out well last year. Um, and it's, it wouldn't make sense to change it, really. No, it would make zero sense to change it, honestly. They had that chemistry last year, and I think um, James Richmond is going to keep that line together. And now, Alex, I want to get your uh, your two cents on that first line as well, because I know that when we were at games last year, it was, uh, it was pretty deadly seeing those three together, and it was arguably probably one of the top lines in the OHL this season. So what do you think about keeping that line together? Yeah, um, I think it's a – I think it's I think it's a smart idea to keep them together. Um, early, like I think it was a month or two ago, when when I was just bored out of my mind, um, I I decided to make my line predictions, and I was I was dabbling around with the idea of putting uh, Nick Canadi on the second line, so um, only because of how of how many right wingers we got, and I thought okay, these guys can easily, you know, be, be put into uh, the right side of all, of, of all the lines, you know, like for, like, like even for a second, I thought of pulling LeBlanc on the first line. I, I, I think I was like really just retarded at that moment. I don't really know, but I, but I, but I did think, I do and still think that Kanadi should definitely stay on that uh, right wing. Um, I think arguably it definitely is one of the best lines in the OHL, especially, especially coming off of James Hardy's, uh, 34 goal season and you know Kolsch went almost 80 points and Kanadi holding up his own with over 45 points so I think they're just going to excel and it's going to be a good good year for them there we go and it's it's <clears throat> excuse me it's pretty safe to say that a lot of Steelheads had career years this year um, Thomas Harley did Kolsch went did Nick Kanadi did Washcrack Hardy you name them they all had career years so to get that line together I think it's really going to help not only offensive production but you're going to maintain that chemistry um, that I think that you should give it another try. See if, it, see how it works through the first couple of games. And the second one is a little bit shocking. You might have them a little bit high up in the lineup is what you might say, but I'm standing by this. The line of Whitaker, Washkarak, and Lavoie. Now the reason why I put this line together is because you have a defensive forward in Richard Whitaker, who is, Clearly, probably one of the best puck – I'm, I'm going to say it, fine. He's the best puck protector I've seen in my entire life, next to Patrice Bergeron. Um, so I think Whitaker is that great defensive forward who has a scoring touch as well. He can make beautiful plays, set up beautiful passes, and protect the puck just as well. You've got Keen Washcrack, who's a two-way player who can play both offense and defense, and he's got that grit as well. So he's got a little bit of added toughness. He can do it all. And then, of course, you've got the scoring touch with Zachary Lavoie who can feed off of Whitaker's passes or Washcrack's passes from basically anywhere on the ice. He can shoot from anywhere. I absolutely agree with that. Um, 
my lines are my, uh, my my second line is the exact same. Um, I do believe Zach Lavoie needs ice time, and I don't like the idea of putting him on the third or fourth line because he's such a high caliber talent for for how young he is, you know. And um, I believe he needs proper he needs a proper amount of ice time. And, and and it's not like he's a bad skater. He's a very solid skater, so he could ease he he could very much so easily uh, match up with with the way Washcrack skates, which is very fast and fluid. And then, and then of course, um, Whitaker just um, solidifying their defensive play because, again, like you said, he's one of the best uh, defensive forwards um, on the team, if not the best defensive forward on the team. Um, and Lavoie has an incredible shot. So if, so if they can easily feed him, um, he should be able to get um, a few more goals than we, we expect him to next season. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Now, I want to go to Cameron and Thomas on this one to get their opinions. Mm-hmm. So that, that second line of Whitaker, Washkarak, Lavoie. Yeah. It's like Alex said, you've got that, uh, that scoring punch, Washkarak with a killer speed, and you've got Whitaker, who's arguably one of the best defensive forwards on the team. Uh, to me, I think he's the best defensive forward by a mile. Honestly, like, I've seen his puck protecting skills. I've seen his defensive play. He, I've watched numerous highlights. I've watched numerous live games on my laptop because I'm kind of far from Saga, but I've still seen him play. I still think he's an amazing player. He could provide a defensive aspect to that line because Lavoie, he's got the shot. Washcraft's got the speed. They're going to be a deadly, deadly combination. And honestly, I think that could be the best second line in the O if they do really mesh together and play as well as I think I they can. I absolutely agree with you. They, 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 that line could be super, super, super dynamic. And like, like Thomas said, you got, the put, you got the defensive skills from Whitaker, you got the speed from Washkirk, and you got the, sh- you got the absolutely excellent shot from Lavoie. I mean, that line is just a recipe for disaster for mm-hmm. any teams, and I do – agree with Thomas that that could definitely 110% probably be the best second line in the entire OHL by far. And now I'll move on to my third line who, uh, and this one is where you guys might disagree with me a little bit. Um, I've got Ty Collins on the left wing, Aiden Pruder, and then Owen Beck. Now from what I saw last year, Ty Collins was a tremendous depth forward. He really, really helped on the, on the back-checking side of the game. Uh, he made some good passes. And then Aiden Pruder paired up with him, that kind of offensive forward. And beside him, Owen Beck, who is also another great playmaker. So you've got two playmakers and uh, kind of a, a two-way forward. I think that line's very good. And I think that line could do some damage. And like you said – Collins was a great depth player last season. He played really, really well. And Owen Beck, and heading into it, his possible first season if he makes the roster, I think he could do very. I think he could fit very well with the the Steelheads team. And then you have the forward of Aiden Pruder, another really good goal scorer type of type, and also has playmaking. I mean. That's a pretty good line, honestly. 
and, and one of the things that I wanted to point out about Ty Collins as well. So this is a common misconception with people. So they think a depth forward is just like, oh, yeah, you know, the guys who don't score, who are just skating around. Being a depth forward is much more than not just uh, – you may not have numbers when you're depth forward, but it means that you can get into the gritty areas that other players just don't want to go into. Ty Collins was right into the corners last year. Aiden Pruder just shot right up center, and then if he saw an opportunity to make a pass, he went for it. It was just so beautifully done. I think that that line's really, really going to benefit. So, uh, Alex Thomas, what are your takes on that line? Yeah, um, I semi-agree with you. Um, I like the idea of Collins and Pruder being together. Um, again, like, Pruder is an incredibly solid centerman. He'll win you face-offs. He has a, he has a decent shot, good skater. Good, good skater. Uh, Ty Collins, uh, in my opinion, just like that, like that trade we made for him from Guelph was probably – one of the best trades uh, JR has ever done because you know what? In my opinion, we, di- we didn't give away a lot and we got a great player who honestly, in my opinion, needed a new change of scenery because I'm, I'm, I think they got him. I think Wolf selected him in the second or third round uh, a year or two ago in the OHL draft. And he wasn't putting up the numbers they had. Ex- uh, they, they, he wasn't putting up the numbers they, they wanted him to. So obviously they put him on the block and we picked him up and then he finished the season with, he finished uh, the season with a career best 27 points. Um, and he's only, and he's only 18. So we have a good two. So we have a good two to three years uh, left with him. If he's, you know, stays in the OHL or whatever he does. But, um, you know, uh, I, I have Ty Collins on the right wing and then Aiden Pruder on the center. And then I have William Porta Callis on the left wing. And the reason I have him on the left wing is because um, the Steelheads are, are gearing up for a playoff year. And I think they need to have uh, – see, I would say they're best players. William Porta Callis is not their best player. Players, he, He's a decent player. Um, but I think I I think like if you put you know if you if you match them well with with different line mates I think they can absolutely you know win like win and have a really good playoff run. Uh, so the, my third line is Portacalis on the left wing, Pruder center, Collins on the right wing. Personally, I would rather have a right-handed shot on on the right wing than a left-handed shot on the left wing. I don't know why. It's just a weird thing I have. So um so yeah um. But you know what? Again, and Ty Collins to me is honestly the, the star of the line because he could easily go from 27 to 40 points um, because the way he was playing by the by the by the end of the season was very well. And Aiden Pruder is an easy 30 point guy, and Portacalis hopefully can um, can um, kick it up a notch. Okay, now let's uh, let's go over to Thomas. See, I don't know too much about these players, so I'm not gonna act like I know I haven't seen too many of their highlights but overall from what I have seen I think Portacalis could be a good third liner I think Pruder like Alex mentioned earlier could win you some faceoffs. and Ty Collins that trade ended up being a win for the Steelheads and I don't I'm not sure if that was a third line that we saw last year it was it guys it was it was mixed they uh they kind of rotated the lines it was at one point okay and uh because I, I, I didn't get to watch too many Mississauga games, and more was, often than not, when I did, it was mainly the top two lines playing. So how yeah, they, did they mesh, or how did they play together? Yeah, they, they played together pretty well. I mean, it was Prudence, Pru, Prudence, 
Truder, Collins, and Martin for most of the season last year, and that was, was a very yeah. good depth line. Mm-hmm. So, and then they uh, they did switch Porticalis every once in a while with those two. So it was uh, it was a pretty good line. I think that they really kind of meshed well together. So we'll see if uh, we'll see how that line pans out. But I think that the the last line here is going to be something that uh, I this is like a scorching hot take, and I've got Max Dodig, uh, Luca Del Belbelus, and then either William Porticalis or Michael Stubbs. You don't have Carson Christie on the team. I do not. And the reason being is because I've seen that, you know, he's a terrific player. He is an absolute terrific player, but I don't think he's going to make the roster this year. I think he's got one more year left before he can, before he's really ready. But again, he could prove me wrong completely in training camp. Um, for right now, I really like the way that Max Doty played last year. He's really proving um, that his rookie season was one of his strongest. And I think he's going to have a really good bounce back sophomore year. Um, He's a really, really good offensive player, and I think if you give him ice time, he might develop that a little bit further. Luca Del Belbelu is the same thing. I was very impressed with what I saw from him this year. Um, being one of the best skaters on the team, he's really not afraid to go into those gritty areas, into the corners, get the puck, um, and make great plays. And then Michael Stubbs, he's just a goat. <laughs> Michael Stubbs is just a goat. I mean, there's, there's uh, no explanation needed, really. I mean, he's basically the same thing. I mean, he's a great two-way player who I think is really going to develop nicely. And then William Porticalis is a key piece of our depth. So you could either put him or Stubbs in, and it would be – either way, I think it would be a great line. Thoughts on that one? Um, it's, de- it's definitely different from, from, from the fourth line I have. For my fourth line, uh, I have Luca Del Belbelus in the left wing. For the center, I have Owen Beck as the center for the fourth line, and then on the right wing, I have I have Carson Christie. Um, Carson Christie to me is in is a potential forty goal scorer, and I think he absolutely needs ice time at the OHL level uh, because he dominated in he dominated in the. Uh, he, I forgot I forgot the name of the league, but you know the league the league that had the uh, Oshawa Junior Generals. Um, he absolutely dominated with 41 goals on top of on top of 25 plus assists. Um, he, I I think it's important that he gets ice time. Um, Owen Beck. Um, I would I don't know why, but personally I would rather have Owen Beck in as a centerman than possibly someone like Delbel Belus. I see Delbel Belus more of a left winger, even though he technically is a centerman because you know what to me he didn't win a lot of faceoffs last year um does he have some upside absolutely he does he's a he's a good skater he has a pretty decent shot um while you were explaining your line though uh, ty I, I i started i definitely started thinking about Stubbs and dodig to me like the Stubbs and dodig honestly could easily like fill like fill in those like left and right wing uh slots um I could definitely see uh, Dodig going in on the left wing and replacing Double Blues because, again, I think we could easily get um, a, a really good depth defenseman in exchange for maybe a pick in Double Blues, you know, because because uh, we lost Liam Hamm. He graduated from the OHL. And um, to me, at least, I think we can get a, another defenseman. But you know what? Your line, your line is – pretty good uh i think my line's pretty good again carson christie needs ice time and i think he absolutely deserves it um i'm i had him going in the first round in my ohl mock draft i'm pretty sure you guys did as well like mid first round i have i had him going to oshawa you know it's fitting he's from oshawa played with the junior generals you know he's 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 an incredible player um 
He needs ice time. Owen Beck deserves ice time, I think. Del Belbelous, to me, he played he – start, he started playing a lot more better um, near the end of the season. He looked more confident. And, um, and yeah, that's what I got to say about that. Yeah, and I mean, and sometimes it takes the guys a little bit more, especially Michael Stubbs. Um, it, it takes them a little bit of time to break into their, their comfort zone, you know, because sometimes they're playing with teammates they don't know. They're not really – they don't really have much chemistry with – and then by the end of the season, I think that those three, that Dodig, Del Belvalus, and Stubbs, really kind of found their confidence, and they were firing off like machines. Not necessarily putting up numbers, but finding ways to move the puck and just be more effective players than they've been. And that was the second half. That was, like, right after the Christmas break, I started to notice that. And it was super, super surprising. Not really surprising, but it was a, it was a pleasant surprise. Now, I want to move on to the defense, and this is a very sort of – this is what – basically, I wouldn't change anything from last year except for the fact that uh, you don't know if Thomas Harley is going to be back next year. So, this is something that it all depends on. If Harley's back this year, um, I'd have him on that, that first-line pairing. You've got probably the, this year he's going to be easily, easily a 70-point defenseman. Paired up with Ulla Bjorkvikholm, one of the best defensemen on the team last year, one of the best uh, defensive defensemen. So I've got that uh, the top line of Harley and Holm. Then I've got Penman and Del Mastro. Ethan Del Mastro again just won the Scholastic uh, Scholastic Award for, or no, he didn't win it. He was a, he was a finalist. He was a finalist. Yeah. So he was a, he was a finalist. I think he had like an eighty-seven average. So and imagine trying to do that on top of hockey, like trying to trying to do your studies on top of that. So that's pretty impressive. But um, Penman, obviously, he's that offensive defenseman that, you know, he had a career year last year. He's a very good puck-moving defenseman that the Steelheads needed. Um, Ethan Del Mastro, I started to notice that he was – he looked like he was going to be more of an offensive defenseman at the beginning of the season. But the way he blocks shots, he's, he's kind of developing himself as, that, uh, as a defensive defenseman, of course. It's, it's a toss-up between a two-way and a defensive. I've seen both sides for him. So, but more so the defensive side, I think that that would really work. And then finally, the line of Chaz Sharp and Charlie Callahan. So, with that being said, gentlemen, thoughts on the defense? Um, Matt, overall, uh, we, you and I have the, we have the same uh, defensive uh, pairings. Uh, Harley, I honestly believe, will not start the season with, with Mississauga. He won't. Last season, he made it all the way to Dallas up till the final cut of training camp. Um, and after another incredible year by him, um, I think he'll spend some time within the Dallas Stars organization. I think he'll spend some time within the Dallas Stars organization. I think it's going to be a type of, it's going to be a, a, a Bode Wild uh, type of situation. Bode Wild from the second off spirit. He was with the, I think it was the New, the New York Islanders, the Islanders. NHL team forever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um, and, then, and then by the time the season was almost ending, or at least, this, at least they thought they were going into the playoffs, um, uh, the Islanders sent him back down to the OHL. Their fans went nuts. Social media went nuts. Oh, my God, he's back, you know. So um, I don't think Harley's going to stay, like, Harley's not going to stay that long with, with Dallas and their, and, and their organization, wherever he goes, AHL, NHL. But um, – I don't think he's going to play at all with us within the first month of the OHL season whenever uh, they come back. So, and, you know. Yeah, and it, again, it all depends. I think he's good enough to make the team right out of training camp. And you never know because, I mean, that, that you're going to need a backup plan 
let's say he does make the Dallas Stars right out of preseason, you're going to need a backup plan for that defense. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm convinced that Thomas Harley will be back for one last season. I, I, I'm hoping at least. But if he makes the Dallas Stars, he's already proven that he's ready. Oh, yeah, they just didn't does. have a roster spot for him at the time. But with Dallas, you know, oh, absolutely. you don't know what they're going to do in, on the offseason, so he could definitely make the team. But I think that those are pretty, pretty stacked defensive lines. And I think that the Steelheads really, during priority selection last year, um, they needed defense. They got mm-hmm. it. This year, they needed goal scoring. They got it. They've basically got everything they need now for a successful playoff run. And with that being said, Kai Edmonds, um, solid as all hell last year. I think that he was arguably, and this is, again, this is what I thought from him. He was a top five goaltender in the second half of the season. I agree, absolutely. Top five in the second half overall in the season, top 10 statistically, too. Um, He absolutely turned it on. He, like, it, he was absolutely incredible. He was there. He was there when we needed big saves. He was there to, you know, make good plays as, as to whether he would pass the puck or not, you know, stuff like that, you know. And um, I'm kind of backtracking. My apologies. But you, but when when you're talking about Thomas Harley, you, you mentioned a plan B. I wanted to bring this point up in how the Steelheads drafted Dylan Gordon from uh, Honeybakes in the uh, in the draft uh, this year. Um a pretty good offensive defenseman based on his uh, honey bake stats. Yeah. R- roughly 50 points in 60 games. Um, I believe honestly the plan B, if they can't get Harley, I think they're going to take a shot at trying to get Dylan Gordon because, because from what I've been able to dig up or find out, um, he seems to be committed somewhere. If it's, I don't know if it's a school or he's going to join the the USHL because he was drafted in the third round of the USHL draft. So I think they, I think they should try and get him if they could. I think, I think until Thomas Harley comes back um, to the Steelheads, he can easily be a placeholder for him. Um, and when Harley does come back, I have him on the third line with uh, Dylan Gordon and, uh, and Chaz Sharp. But, um, but yeah, sorry. No, I, I just want to make that point, but back to, Back to our goaltending. Uh, yeah, Kai Edmonds, top 10 goalie overall. Second half, easy top five goalie. Um, Joe Ranger, I hope they give him more ice time. I get it was one of those years where, you know what, our first half wasn't good. Let's just try to win some games. We're going to play our best players. I think Joe Ranger is good enough to play 20 games. And I, and personally, if I were JR, I would have the confidence to put J, uh, I, I would have the confidence to put Joe Ranger in for 20 games next season. Um, I could definitely see us maybe grooming him to be a, a potential starter. I don't like the chances of him becoming our starter uh, after Kai leaves next season because he'll be he'll be graduating from the OHL. Then um, I, the chances of Joe Ranger becoming our starter are are low, especially since we did draft a goalie in the in the regular OHL draft and in the under 18 draft. But um, Kai Edmonds had an absolute year. I Firstly, expect him to just continue that. Uh, Joe Ranger, I hope he gets more playing time. He's he's a lot better than his statistics show. Um, he can make he can absolutely make big saves. In my opinion, he's one of the best backup goalies when it comes to um, making drastic saves, making huge saves. You know, you know, stopping breakaways, stopping you know open net opportunities. You know, so um, besides that, the Shields we have a pretty complete team this year. 
Yeah, for sure. And I, one of the things I like about Joel Ranger is his athleticism and his drive to kind of his, his almost his passion. Um, we saw a couple of years ago, Bart Allen posted a thing on their Instagram. He was, uh, it was the summertime and he was already getting his pads and getting ready, <laughs> getting ready to play. So that's uh, that's one of the things I like about him and that's what will make him successful next year as well. Um, you got to give him a little bit more ice time, especially if he wants to develop into a great goaltender like he has been. Um, I think that giving him a little bit more starting time, giving him some games that he can really kind of find himself in is going to be a solution for him as well. So other than that, I think the team's really solid. Um, now, before we move on to the big topic, Thomas, Cameron, do you want to add anything? Uh, not necessarily. I don't really know too much about this type of uh, – this aspect of the steelhead, so I'm not going to comment on it. I think uh, Kai Edmonds is in for a really, really, really big year, honestly. And I think he could definitely, definitely be a top five goalie in the OHL. As for defensemen, like you mentioned, Thomas Harley. Is he going to make the Dallas Stars? He could. He, he quite honestly could. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even bet on it. I would not even bet on it that he makes the Dallas Stars. And like Alex said, it might be the same situation as one Bodie Wild with the Islanders. And if that's in but if he somehow does end up staying on the Stars, good for him. But I mean it's going to be a big piece, big piece to really replace. And, and it all, yeah, it, it all hinges, right? So it's, we'll see what happens, but I think that it's going to be very interesting to see what the, what the lineup's going to look like again. We'll do another, we'll do another uh, lineup prediction when it gets closer to training camp, once training camp is uh, completed. And once we've seen some of these guys play um, as a team and now is the big thing that we've been waiting for who will wear the C for the Mississauga Steelheads next season. So I just want to run through some of the captains that the Mississauga Steelheads have had. Um, starting off with the very first captain that we had in 2012, 13 was Stuart Percy in 13, 14 was Brett Foy then Bryson Sinfroni. Then it went through uh, Josh Burnside, Mike McLeod, Nick Hague, Cole Carter, and Liam Hamm. So the thing that all of these guys had in common was not just their on-ice leadership ability, but their off-ice leadership ability as well. So not necessarily how good your hockey IQ is, how good you are at managing the players and, you know, at uh, coming up with strategies with the coaches, but your communication and your um, – what's the word? Your community. How good you are with your community, your commitment to the community. So personally, and this is again just a personal uh, what I who I think would be the best fit, someone who I think it has been worthy of the captaincy for quite a while, and it is Nicholas Canadi. Now, as we've seen last year, he's very community involved. He has been even before he was in the OHL. He's been volunteering different places, um, and he helped with the Hockey Fights Cancer Initiative as well in October. So somebody like him is not only a terrific leader off the ice, but always also on the ice. So I think that my ideal pick for captain would be Nicholas Canadi. Now, if we're talking about who's going to get the A's, I think I would stick with Thomas Harley, depending if he 
will come back this year. Um, Kian Washkarak and Cole Schwint. But let's just say that Thomas Harley doesn't come back and they want to name three alternates. I would probably name Washkarak, Schwint, and James Hardy because Hardy has also proven that he is a great on-ice leader, and I think that he's worthy of an A. So with that being said, gentlemen, let's go through your picks for who the captain would be. Well, Tyler, I'm going to agree with you and say that Nick Kennedy will be the next captain of the Mississauga Steelheads. I think him being a Mississauga native, it would just be an amazing story. He's been with the team since the very beginning, correct? Since he, yeah, he, that's, he was uh, drafted by Steelheads. Yeah, yeah he was drafted, drafted in uh, 2017, 2016. And mm-hmm. his and uh, his last in his last overage season, it would be only fitting that he gets to see. He's already a good leader. He has a little bit of grit in him, which shows that he'll stand up for his players if he needs to. Uh, he may lack in size a little bit, but doesn't mean that he can't lead the team. It doesn't mean he can't help them out. He does play physical. He does – he brings a unique touch to the Steelheads. In other words, his offense is unique, his defense is unique, and his physical game is unique. And the Steelheads need someone to stand out and to be their leader. So I think Nick Kanani would be a perfect captain next year. And one thing I want to add before we move on is the fact that, um, yeah, it's, it's like you said, he's got that gritty toughness. And he can play basically any position. He's played center before. He's played the wing. He's played defense. The only thing he hasn't played is goaltender. That would be kind of interesting. I, I wonder if he would actually play goalie next year. If, if, we, needed, if we needed an emergency backup playing goalie. <laughs> David Ayers 2.0. Oh, man. Scott Foster. <laughs> That's the truth. Okay, so, uh, so who are we on next? Uh, Cameron, Alex, which one of you guys want to go uh, next? Uh, I'll, let, I'll let Alex go okay. Awesome. Um, I, I have to agree also, uh, Nicholas Canati. Um, on top of him being a very good player, um, 40 points in, in just over 60 games, that's very, very good. Um, he, he has an incredible uh, community work for Mississauga. Again, the Hockey Fights Cancer um, uh, initiative, all that stuff. Again, and he's very passionate about the team. He's willing to do essentially, it seems, anything to help the team because he is a winger by trade, but he has played defense before, and he's played defense pretty well before, you know? And, um, and, 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 and as a fan, seeing that, it shows that he's, that he's essentially willing, again, essentially willing to do anything for the team. Yeah, he's, and, he's kind um, of the jack-of-all-trades. Absolutely, and, and, and with that, um, I absolutely think he should, he should become the captain of, of the Mississauga Steelheads next season. All right, now we move on to Cameron Reeser. Who is your pick for the captain? Well, it's pretty much unanimous. It's pretty much unanimous with all four of us. I think Nicholas Canati will be the next captain of the Mississauga Steelheads. Like, like you, like you, like you three said, the community work he's done, the Hockey Fights Cancer Initiative, the just him being a Mississauga native as well. It would just be great, and. He's a great leader on and off the ice. He's a gritty forward. He's, he will – he will. I think he will be the type of guy to stick up for his teammate. I think he would be the perfect guy to stick up for his teammate. Also, and you guys didn't mention this as well, he has the will to motivate his team 
to win. And that's what you need in a captain. You need to motivate your team. You motivate your team, you will get to higher places. And like and like Alex said, he play, he's played defense before. Just say, for example, like like Duncan Penman gets injured. He would be the guy to go on defense and take his place. That's how much that's how much he wants to win. And I love that in a player. I absolutely love it. And I think he would be the absolute perfect, perfect captain for the Mists. Yeah, and I mean – Next season and his last season with the Steelheads, it would just be fitting. And being there last season, Cameron, I'm, I, I'm actually glad that you brought that up. Um, he has the will to motivate his, his teammates. So that's one of the things that Liam Hamm and Nick Canaddy were both doing last year is finding ways to motivate the guys, uh, whether it be their pregame warm-up, getting them hyped up, or, you know, getting them to uh, to plan a massive comeback. I see it from the bench. I see it from the locker room. He has the undying passion for this team, and that's something that you definitely want in a leader. So, with that being said, it's, yeah, it's pretty much unanimous that we think Nicholas Gennady is going to be the captain of the Mississauga Steelheads next year. So, before we go, we want your thoughts on who you think is going to be the captain next year. So we want you to comment down below what you think the right choice is going to be. Who's going to wear the seat? We want to hear your thoughts down below. Uh, if you haven't already, check us out on YouTube, subscribe. Check us out on Spotify, Anchor. You know it all. Until then, the next episode will be a very interesting one. We're going to take an updated look at the lines. And there's going to be a few more surprises planned. So thank you once again for joining me on the Pro Shot Podcast for the Steelheads off-season series, along with my co-hosts, Cameron Reeser, Thomas Zubris, and Alex Forel. 